This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. I found, preparing for Shear this week, something that I've been looking for for years because I heard it and I could never find it. And I found it, and I'm going to end with this. He says the following. It's called the Pirkei de Rebeliezer. And he says the following. So let's go into the backdrop a little bit. So Avram had Yishmael, and he had Yitzchak. Sari Imenu said to Avram, you got to get Yishmael out of the house. Yitzchak's growing up. Yishmael is causing him to fall and to go off the derech. You cannot sacrifice my son for Yishmael. Avram Avinu loved Yishmael, as we see, we saw in the Medrash, and he said, no, I am not throwing my kid out of, I am not throwing my kid out of the house. And Shari Menu said, you are throwing your kid out of the house. So what do they do? Avram said, keep him in the house, I can change him. Shari Menu said, while you're changing him, he's changing Yitzchak. You don't have a right to hurt one kid for the other. So they went to Hashem, we can't do that, right? But he went for Ruch HaKadosh to Hashem. He said, Hashem, I want to keep you small. Sorah wants him out. Hashem said, Sorah has bigger Ruch HaKadosh. Out. You cannot allow him to hurt, to destroy Yitzchak. I have one, two, three schools. I have a high school and I have two seminaries. I have never in my life, and I'm a Rebbe in Crown Heights Yeshiva, I have never in my life thrown a kid out of Yeshiva, except for one girl. I threw a girl out of my high school. Why did I throw her out of the high school? Because she was destroying other girls. You have no right to ever send a kid out of school unless that kid is hurting. If she's doing drugs, you got to help her, rehab her, talk to her, detox her, do whatever you have to. You have to love that kid and help that kid. If she's selling drugs, no. You cannot hurt. You cannot make my school unsafe for other people. So if you're a machti, if you are hurting other people, I do not have a right to allow those people to get hurt by keeping you. So the, the basis of ever throwing a kid out of school is only if they're a mahti, if they're causing other children to go down. And in a household, it's very hard to ever throw a child out of a house. And I am totally anti ever throwing a child out of a house. But if that child is coming home and taking all your other kids down, they're responsibility to the other kids. So the only time you have to send the kid out of the house is if they're preaching what they're doing to the others. And we hope that most kids, you know, they go to their room, they do their thing, they don't affect the other kids, we don't throw them out of the house. Avraham Avinu threw Yishmael out of the house. Could you imagine that? The same father that told Hashem, I don't know which kid you're talking about, he threw him out of the house, he said, you gotta go. You gotta go with your mother hugger, and you gotta go. That's what Hashem said, that's what my wife Sarimena wants, you gotta go. Says this unbelievable Listen carefully. So, he threw him out. He says, but Avram Avinu never forgot his son. When Yishmael was 37 years old, he was thrown out of the house. And Yishmael married a woman, it's interesting, from the Arvos Moab, from, from Moab, he married a woman, the Isa Shema. Her name was Isa, Ayin Yud Shin Hei. Do, Isa, Do. That was her name. She came from Moab. After three years, now he's 40 years old, Yishmael. 
He's out of the house three years. Holach Avram Leroy says Jishmol Mino. Avram didn't just throw him out. He said, I got to go see what's going on, my boy. So he asked Sari Menu permission. And she said, which, which I had a very interesting ha'ara tonight. And she said, if you swear to me that you won't get off the camel when you meet him, I don't want you getting off the camel and making yourself comfortable there. You want to meet him, you want to talk to him, you want to see what he's doing, fine. You have to swear to me you won't get off the camel. He swore. It took him a half a day, and he comes to a Yishmol, his son that he threw out, is living. And there is Yishmol's wife, Isa. Amalo, hechenhu Yishmol, where's your... Now, she didn't know that was Abraham Abinu, she never met him. Where's your husband, Yishmol? So she said, halach, they went into the midbar to get to gather dates. Amalo, so he said to this Isa, tenuli at lechem, can you give me some bread and water? I'm hungry and I'm thirsty. I'm tired. On Malay, she said to him, Old man, I don't got no water, no food for you. Now remember, where did she come from? Moab. It's in my book on spiritual DNA. She came from Moab. What's the spiritual way of... of why, why can't we marry Moab? Because when Kleisel came out of Mitzrayim, we were thirsty and hungry. We asked him for bread and water. What did they say? No. Moab has this in their DNA. It happened already by Abram's time. Okay. Okay, so now Avram Avinu, this is the opposite of what he stands for. He stands for food. He, that, his chinuch of his son Yishmol was to, oh, who ran to get the food for the malachim? Yishmol ran. So this guy, Yishmol, married a really wrong wife. So you think Avram is going to leave without leaving a message? So he leaves him a message. He doesn't want to insult the girl. So he doesn't want to say, tell Yishmol I said you, he should divorce you. Because that's not Avram Avinu. So he left him a subliminal message. And he said the following. He said, when he comes back, tell him that an old man, give him a message, an old man came from the land of Canaan, he wouldn't understand, to, to see him, but he wasn't here. Tell him that in the end, I think this house is going to collapse. That was the message. Yishmol comes back, old man from Canaan, that's my dad. The house is going to collapse, means that this wife, who's called the bias, is not good for me, Right? She told him what Avram said. On the spot, he divorced her and got rid of her. Now, this is a kid who got thrown out of the house. His father comes to visit one time and he's telling him what to do. You would say, Dad, you threw me out. Now you tell me who to marry. Get out of my life. It's the chinuch between Avram and Yishmael. Wait, we're not done. Okay? What does he do? He has no wife. So right away he gets married to a... Actually, his wife, Harga, makes the shidduch, and he marries a woman named Petuma. Ramavino is very upset that he came to, this is his son, and he has a house that they don't give food. So he waits three years, and he comes back. And he comes to see Yishmael. And again, Sarah says, when you go, you can go, you can see him, you can talk to him. Don't get off the camel. We're going to get to why. Don't get off the camel. He swears he's not going to get off the camel. He comes. His wife, the new wife is there, Petura. Petuma, she's called Petuma, which means to stuff, to fatten. That's her name, Petuma. He says, where's your shmal? She says, he went with his mother. They're in the midbar. They're grazing the, the camels. He says, could you give me, Abraham says, could you give me a little bread and water? I'm hungry and I'm tired. She takes out bread and water and food. And she gives it all to Abraham. Amar Abraham, Abraham stands up. And he to Hashem for his son. The first time he did not daven for his son because he did not want to give a bracha on a house that doesn't 
that makes money but doesn't share, that doesn't do gimel chesed. But here, he saw there's a house of chesed, so he gave him a bracha. Then it's maloi beisay shel yishmol, and the house of yishmol became full. Ukshba yishmol, when yishmol came back, she told him this man from Canaan, an old man, I gave him to eat, and he gave us all kinds of blessing. Now listen carefully. I said this to a group of parents last night. Listen carefully to the end of this pshat. The yada yishmol, and yishmol realized shad achshav that on all this time that he was out there in the desert by himself, right, all six years, rachamei aviv olav, his father was always had pity on him and was thinking of him. Shenema kerachim of amanim. He says it's amazing. Even though Hashem said, get him out of the house, he's no good. He still didn't forget his kid. He went to visit him. And on top of that, he told him who to marry and who not to marry. He says, and therefore, because of this, in the end, Yishmael did tshuva. People come to me all the time. How do you deal with kids off the derech? Look in the Torah. The first kid off the derech was Yishmael. How did Avraham of Binu bring him back? By showing him that even though I had to throw you out, I love you care about you, and I'll never forget about you. And not only that, I'm not scared to tell you what I think is good for you. Because in the end of the day, telling you what I think is good for you is because I love you. Today, this story would so not fly. You threw a kid out, and then you're telling him how to live? Are you out of your mind? You have no rights after you throw a kid out. You have nothing to say in his life. And the godless, the greatness is that Yishmael listened. What kid getting thrown out of his father's house, his father calls up like, you know, I, I don't like the girl you're hanging out with. Like, Dad, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you, and all of a sudden, you really don't like the, the girl? He throws, he, he gets rid of her. What kid would do that? You threw me out of the house. Where did that come from? Why did Yishmael listen to him? And the answer is because of their relationship. Because Abraham Avinu was the same father that didn't understand what God was talking about. The one I love more? There's not enough love in my heart for both of them? When you bring up a child like that, then your child knows that you love them. Then you, then when you admonish them, when you tell them what's good for them, they know it's not coming because you need to say it, but because they need to hear it. What a difference. I talk about this all the time. It's not that you need to say it, it's that they need to hear it. It's a very different relationship. This is Torah 101, relationships with your child. I know we have a principle here, and I'm not talking to this principle, that's for sure. And this is one of the problems in yeshivas today. And this is one of the problems in parenting today. And I, myself, made this mistake. So this girl that I threw out of school, because she had to go, because she was destroying not one girl, but it was totally out of hand. And I knew that I was right what I did. I saved a school for one girl. What should I do? She was so angry, a very tough kid. She was so angry that she would not apologize. She, I let the door open. I said, 
you know what? I'm going to give in. You, you, you stay out of school for two weeks and you can come back. She, I wouldn't come back. I hope you drop that. She went at me like nobody went at me. And I'm like, okay, I opened the door. You don't want to come back. There was no question that I was right what I did. For two years, I didn't talk to her. She didn't want to talk to me. I didn't want to talk to her. She was bad-mouthing me in the street. No problem. Yom Kippur, I'm in Eretz Yisrael every Yom Kippur. Three years ago, I'm standing by the coastal at 3 o'clock a.m. Because what's seeking is like 5.45 in the morning, so I go two, three hours before. Just to get quiet, to dive into, to get close to Hashem, to connect, you know. Where do you plug in? Where's the outlet? It's always in the wall. So I go to the wall to plug in. That's where the outlet is, right? If you look, if I need a wire, that's where I'm looking. So I'm a client. That's, you know, I'm, I'm on the unemployment line for 2,000 years. When the job opens up, I want to be first. I have a right, right? I'm standing there. So I'm standing by the coastal and it's 3 o'clock. Hashem's my witness. I can't get her out of my heart. I never heard a kid like this. I said, you know what? I'm going to call her. There's no way she's going to answer, but I'm going to call her at 3 o'clock. I step back out of the coastal. I go to the chutzer. I dial her number. She doesn't recognize my number. She picks up. Hello? I'm like, I am begging you. Don't hang up. She goes, who's this? I'm like, it's Rabbi Wallerstein. I have something to say. Don't hang up. She goes, okay, I'm listening. I'm not getting into a discussion with you about who was wrong and who was right. What I hurt you. And you're in a lot of pain. And I know that for the last two years, because we were very close before I threw her out. We were probably the closest of all the girls in the school. She was the closest to me. I had a crazy deal. I was paying her $100 a week. It's a whole story. And she was lying to me. And I knew it. And I paid her anyway because I didn't want to hurt her. And of course, the one that you give the most to, you know, no good deed goes unpunished, is the one that's going to stab you. That's the test. That's the test. Right? Caesar. Shakespeare wrote about it. So this is the kid. I said, I just want to apologize. I don't want to apologize for what I did because I saved a bunch of kids in my opinion, but I need to apologize for hurting you because even if you're right, if you hurt somebody, you're wrong. Even if you throw someone out of school, you need to go visit them, Avram Avinu. You need to go see how their house is doing. You need to give them advice. You need to show them that you didn't throw them out of school for your good. Because if you really threw him out of school for her good, then why don't you follow up? For the last two years, if you did it for me, so why don't you call me and say, let's go out to eat, let's talk about it, maybe a different school. You never called me. I said, Adina, I am asking you to forgive me before Yom Kippur for the pain that I caused you in the last two years. And she said, I can't. It's going to take me time. I said, you got time. I'll call you next year. I came back. I went out to eat with her. Every, including this year, every Erev Yom Kippur at 3 to 3.30, I call her here in America where it's 8 to 8.30, and I'm like, did you forgive me yet? She gave me a long time ago because I really care about her. So, yeah, how many kids were thrown out of schools? Nobody ever called to see how they're doing. Nobody ever called two, three years later. Did you get into high school? Did you go to college? Are you married? What's going on? Throw them out. They don't exist. Look what happened to Yishmael. You really throw them out and you want them to get better? The only way Yishmael did tshuva is because he knew that his father cared about him even though he left the house. A parent throws a child out of the house. 
So what? So they're not living in your house? That means you should stop taking care of them? So you took them out of your house because they were affecting other children? So then put them in a beautiful apartment, take care of them, love them, show them that you love them. You want them to come back? They'll only come back if they know that you love them. It's not Rabbi Wallstein. It's in, it's in our Chumash. It's in our Svarim, where a father says, God, I don't even know what you're talking about. There's not enough room in my heart to love all my children. What are you talking about? Rechidah says that if you don't give the love to your child, you're not considered their parent. This is not psychology. This is not a book. This is Tyra. I'm not telling you anything on my own. It's not an opinion. I'm not giving anyone an opinion here. And we need to see you from inside. You need to tell them that you love them. You need to tell them that you love them no matter what. And if they have to, for whatever reason, they have to leave, you have to follow them. It's a mistake that I made. And I'm in Chinuch a long time, and I'm the big speaker. I let her go for two years. What am I going to, what's going to be after 120 years when they show me this kid's pain, when I'm going to live in her pain for two years? How am I going to deal with that? So she's Michael me, but I can't take back that pain. Well, that's why I came here tonight. If one person and one grandparent or one parent tells their child that I'm proud of you or that I love you, then my whole speech here was worth it. And that's the relationship that we have with God. I talk about this all the time, my proof of God. I got, I got atheists coming out of every corner that you can ever believe. Every kid that goes online says she's a Jew. There's 40 atheist places on the internet to go to prove that there's no, that, that, that it doesn't exist. I'll tell you my proof of God. The proof of God is exactly what I just told you. My proof of God is that the biggest sinners, the people who are the biggest sinners in the world, the guys from ISIS, the biggest murderers, rapists, killers, stealers, the worst people in the world, get up the next morning. How could they get up the next morning? Why doesn't God just take them out? There's a a bat. I don't know if you ever heard about this bat. It's called a super bat. You hear about the super bat? It's $250. You just touch the ball, and it's a home run. It's an unbelievable bat. It's an aluminum bat. It's a lot of very expensive. This mother has a kid, and that was this poor kid. He strikes out all the time. He can't hit a dribbler. And and nobody wants to choose him in. And she, you know what? I'm going to get smart. Instead of paying the therapy for $250, uh, 15 times, I'm going to buy my bat. He's going to get up there. He's going to touch the ball. He's going to go for a home run. Everyone's going to want him on the team. And she goes and she buys him the bat from Odell. She comes home. Here's the bat. I bought you the super bat. Go out and play with your friends. Just touch the ball. Tip it. He says, really? Bought me the super bat? Really, Ma? Yeah, I love you. Really love me? Takes the bat. Whack! Hits his mother with it. She goes, what? Whack! He starts beating with the bat. Her friend is there. She's saying, take away the bat. You crazy? Why are you letting your son hit you with the bat? She goes, listen. Let him finish hitting me. And then he's going to go outside. He's going to hit a home run. After he hits that home run, he's not going to hit me anymore because they're going to play with him. It's worth it for me to take this beating, a crazy beating, so that my son's going to hit a home run. Because once my son hits a home run, he's going to be a different boy. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a story, not of you, but of me, every morning. Of everybody. We do our virus. Hashem gives us eyesight. We look at things we shouldn't. He gives us ears. We listen to things we shouldn't. We eat things we shouldn't. We touch things we shouldn't. Right? All the five senses. Right? And the malachim are like, why are you? They're taking the bat, which is life, right? We get every morning. And they're taking the bat. And a whole day, God, they're banging at you. They're looking at things they shouldn't. They're talking to Lashon Hara. They're banging and banging and banging. Take, don't bring, no more than I need tomorrow. Take your soul when it's up there. 
Why are you letting this guy or girl or woman hit you over and over, Hashem? Take the bad away. Why is he giving life to people who are sinning? Only tzaddikim should have life. This guy's sinning? What do I need you for? Out. Because God, this is my proof to atheists. Because you, you have to be God to be like this. Because God says the following. You're right. This guy, I gave him eyesight. He is looking at porn and things. Oh my gosh. I gave this person a mouth. She is talking gossip. She is killing people. I gave this guy hands. Oh my. But I'll take a beating, says Hashem. All day, 80 years. 90 years. Beat me every day. But maybe one day he's going to take the bat, which is life, and hit a home run and change and step into the light. It's worth it. Let him hit me 90 years for that one moment that he hits the home run. That's how much God loves us. Otherwise, every time he did something wrong, poof, the magic dragon is gone. But he gives us another day and another day and another day and beautiful eyesight and ears and senses. It's unbelievable. He gives this all to us, even though we use it for the wrong thing so many times. He gives it back, he gives it back, he gives it back. That's how he shows us his love. Even sometimes he throws us out. Oh, he threw us out. We got thrown out. We got thrown out of one base of Migdash. Then we got thrown out of another base of Migdash. Then we got thrown out of Spain. Then we got thrown out of Europe. Oh man, we've been thrown out of the house many times. But God is always there, just like by Yishmael, to come visit us to make sure that we're okay and that we're still here and we're still here. Now the last question, because it's 9.30, we're going to dive in my roof. What's the deal with swearing to sorrow that he won't get off the camel? I could not find an answer to this. It doesn't say anyone. Why couldn't he get off the camel? Sit down, have a tea. Have a, have a falafel in those days. Sit with your son, have a talk. So I asked a rough today, and he said something amazing. He said, it's, he doesn't know for sure it's the answer, but he thinks it's the answer. Sorry, Imenu said, we asked Hashem what to do, and he told us what to do. If you're going to get off the camel and move in with him, then it sounds like that the only reason you threw him out was because of me. Not because it was the right thing to do. So you need to come and you need to show him your love. But you can't move in there. Because if you move in there, you're saying, really, Yishmael, I want to hang out with you. But the reason I can't hang out with you is because Sarimenu, your mother, they were jealous, and her son, and they were jealous. She said, she said, Avram Avino, that's not what this was about. It was not about jealousy. It was about doing the right thing for Yitzchak. So yes, you could go to your son, you could show him your love, you could give him advice, you could do whatever you want. But don't you get off the camel and move in. If you get off the camel to move in, what are you telling Yishmael? You're telling Yishmael, this wasn't from God. This is because Sari Menu was jealous because of her son Yitzchak. So yes, show him your love, but you can't move in. You can't show him that you really want to be with him. Because then you're showing that it's not Hashem, but it's me. I don't know if that's the answer, but it's a logical answer. It's the only answer that I really, really have. So my bracha to everyone here is that God should give you a lot of time. To be parents and grandparents and great-grandparents, which surely didn't exist in my, in my what's it called, today, bracha Hashem, we even have great-grandparents. I don't know if there's any in, the, in here right now, but we even have great-grandparents. And that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should bring us back to see the Ovas Abbasenu, and we should walk away here tonight. If one of you crawls into your kid's bed tonight and says, I love you, 
And don't ever forget that. I may not have told it to you enough. Then tonight was worth it. And that would be the biggest Elay Neshama for both Bruce and Mark's mother who loved their children like nobody else. Thank you very much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.